Hello, and welcome back to the Test Drive Podcast, brought to you by Sport Car USA. I'm your host, Lee Baudet. Hi, everybody. Lee Baudet, your host of the Test Drive Podcast, also the host of Test Drive on the YouTube channel. Been a radio broadcaster for over 40 years. I'm the frontman host for Sport Car USA and a car enthusiast my entire life. Today, we're pleased to have Corey Parent from St. Albans. He's a former state senator. And Corey, I got to tell you, number one, welcome. And number two, you're still a really young guy. You've got quite a long resume. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, well, I grew up here in St. Albans, Lee. Uh, I grew up listening to you on WOKO. Uh, (laughs) You know, I was a big Toby Keith fan back in the the day. Um, You know, went off to St. Lawrence University, got a degree in economics and government. Head New York City for a bit, uh, where I, I worked on worked for Goldman Sachs and municipal finance, and then came home, got involved in politics. Uh, like you said, I was lucky enough to serve eight years in the state legislature, and um, including the last four as a state senator for the northwestern corner of Vermont. And you know, just got to a point where I got a young family. My son turns five tomorrow. Whoa. I've got a, a daughter that'll be two in October, and. You know, just kind of all that running around, kind of put the politics aside and, and focus on, you know, family life and, you know, work on, you know, make a living. They don't pay us too well in Vermont politics. So. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they say it's a part time position, right? Being yeah. a state senator, but it's really not. You're, no, you're heading to meetings all over the place, all yeah, I mean, it's it's part-time in the sense you're in Montpelier four months of the year, for those who don't know, or five years, state capital, and then you still have projects throughout the year. You know, a couple summers ago, once we were out so we could go work our regular jobs, yeah, right. I was there a couple days a week renegotiating pensions with state teachers and uh, state employees, so it's uh, not really that part-time of a job. You have to have the right employer that will allow you to be away for so many months at a time. Yeah, and you certainly strain and test their patients while you're doing that. Right, right. Well, again, welcome. We're glad you're here. And, of course, Sport Car USA is one of my true loves. We buy and sell sport cars all over the country, um, modern muscle cars in particular. And you're a, a guy that loves cars as well. Yeah. Tell us your history as far as your first loving of the automobile. Yeah, so I, it really goes back to my father. You know, my father grew up in that that '60s and '70s era. You know, I can I can list off the cars he owned over the years. You know, his '66 Chevelle, '68 Buick Grand Sport, '70 Hersolds. You know, just the cars that he grew up with. The pictures, the stories of. I mean, he grew up in upstate New York. You know, where the roads were wide open and there were cops few and far between. So, yeah, yeah. You know, t- yeah, you know, yeah, tell all these great stories and. Um, you know, we grew up going to car shows and, and dreaming and wishing and, and hoping, you know, someday we'd have our own. And um, I actually grew up racing uh, motocross and derby. So we spent a lot of our weekends going across state racing dirt bikes. And when I got to be thir- 13 years old, it was kind of that's the, kind of the 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 adult, the crest, of, you know, kind of youth racing into adult racing. And where you'd go from, you know, the 80 cc class to the 125 at the time, back when they were racing two strokes. Everything's gone four stroke in that sport. But um you know, it got a lot more expensive. I remember my parents and I, and, you know, had a few injuries and concussions and they're like, mm. you know, really, how much longer do you want to stay in dirt bike racing? And <laughs> and I, I came up with a great compromise that my dad immediately, uh, jumped onto. And I said, I tell you what, if we restore an old muscle car together, I'll get out of motocross. Uh, and so my dad and I spent a summer looking for cars and we found this heap of junk 
uh, up yeah. in Jeffersonville, Vermont. Uh, we paid $3,200 for it. Had uh, no motor, no transmission, just a ro rolling chassis Whoa. and a body. And it was a, a 1970 Chevelle. And, um, you know, we, at that point, we embarked on a, a five-year uh, restoration that uh, really got it up and running by, it was actually just shortly after my 17th birthday that we got that thing on the road and we've had it on the road the 15 years since. If you've listened to these podcasts that we've been doing on a weekly basis, you will probably remember that the Chevelle is one of my favorite of all time yeah. cars. I mean, I'm a big Mustang guy, but I always love the Chevelle, the Oldsmobile 42s out there. Tell us the steps that along the way got you to where you are today with that Chevelle. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We, we learned a lot on that project. Um, you know, the first year was just tearing out an old interior, really getting it down to, to bare metal and um, and then kind of planning what we were going to do for a build. And, you know, you start it, you know, really building it from the frame up and it's, you know, suspension, brakes, things that people don't realize. You know, you obviously got to put a drivetrain in it, get the, you know, body, throw an interior in and and each part, took a while. I mean, if you had the money, you could do it fairly quickly. It's mm -hmm. just, you'd, you'd save up all summer. I'd work, you know, whatever summer job I could. And, uh, you know, my dad sold real estate part-time at the time and whatever he'd earned for commissions we'd put into the car. And so, you know, one year we'd save up and we'd buy the suspension and the brakes, but you know, that was yeah. 6,500 bucks or 7,000 bucks. And so then you'd save up for another year and then spend it all in one fell swoop. But, um, you know, it was, you know, the work kind of centered all around that. We would go around to car shows, check things out, um, look for what we wanted to do. Obviously, we were lucky. We had a, a VIN number that was a Chevelle SS. And so while it's not numbers matching now, we wanted to build it um, to SS spec. So we put a 454 with LS6 Island Race and built us a beautiful motor that still runs great. And we're running close to 500 horsepower, almost 600 foot-pounds of torque. So we, we, we have a lot of fun with it. But, um, you know, we tried to upgrade where we could um more modern and upgrade suspension um but built really kind of a, an original classic so would you say that you worked on the chevelle on a weekly basis a daily basis or were there periods of time where you didn't work on it for two months yeah there there certainly were periods of time where you didn't work on it for two months <laughs> um and there's also times you know I, I think you know my dad and i we'd lose something or you know i, I joke we might have thrown a wrench or two at each other during the process <laughs> and, um, but you know, and you know, we, it was constant, you know, figuring out what to do next. You know, sometimes you do something, you make a mistake and you're like, oh geez, that was an expensive mistake and you go back and, and, and redo things. Um, but no, it really started to come the first couple of years probably moved slower cause we bought the car, bought the drivetrain, you know, really just kind of got it to the point where it could be a running car. And then, you know, just, um, the pieces towards the end just, you know, got, you know, really expensive, but it also came together really quickly when we started, okay, we're going to go get it painted and then we're going to throw the interior in. We really just wanted to be ready once the body and paint were done that, um, we'd go, but we worked, you know, a local body guy who's not in business anymore. And I mean, we, we cut the thing at factory seams, put mm -hmm. in new metal, you know, there's very little, I mean, no Bondo except for, <laughs> you know, right where the weld might've been, you know, we, we, we really uh, brought it to a skeleton and, and rebuilt it. And, um, you know, it's it's just amazing to think of, you know, how it all went. And I probably the last six months to a year, it was in the body shop, you know, when they were getting the body work done and, and all that. And then even just the small pieces, like getting a work and cal induction hood, you know, there's, I think, something like 82 parts or something, just mm -hmm. small little vacuums that you had to look at the wiring um, diagram and, and piece together and figure out how that worked. You know, we didn't have that in right when we got it on the road, but, you know, we just left it open and then 
you know, that winter figuring out all the little pieces and parts and making everything work. So that because, yeah, so there must have been a lot of research involved with this yeah. project. And how close did you want to get it to factory specs? Like 100%? Uh, we did. I mean, there were certain things I didn't want to do. My my VIN number said it would have been a maroon car. I, mm. I, we ended up painting it a fathom blue. Um, you know, again, we had the 454. I think our VIN number would have been the LS5, not the LS6. But since we were into it and it wasn't, fact, you know, exact, we were like, well, let's go build the big 454. And yeah. You know, put the big one in, um, you know, upgrading suspension. Um, you know, that's kind of where we went. You know, the interiors, factory, um, you know, everything else is, is fairly factory down to the decals after you've got the body work done to, you know, get the GM reproduction decals to, to, to put exactly where they were when you put it. You know, there's modern things like an MSD ignition. We've got a, you know, more radiator with dual fans, more electric fans you know, different things that would help, you know, the performance of the car, you know, we run hooker headers through it, you know, a little upgrade with, you know, the Holly carburetors, um, things that wouldn't have kind of come through, um, you know, when we built the rear end, you know, Detroit locker, you know, the, the newer technology that you just couldn't beat, you know, Coney suspension versus, you know, a no name brand. So. Wow. Wow. We're talking yeah. with former state Senator Corey Parent of St. Albans, Vermont, and he's telling us about his dad and his project car uh chevelle which is on the road as we speak right yeah absolutely i always wondered if a car could talk it, it's, it sounds crazy but i wish they would talk and tell us where did you originate from where did you come from give us a little bit of history do you have any idea where this car originated from so uh, the rumor from the guy we bought it from was it was out of alabama he brought bought it as a project car and then just kind of got into it and you know like so many projects just gave up mm. something else came up need to put his money in so um you know we picked it up from there so that that's all i know uh of this car um but you know like i said we've owned it 20 years now uh it's a it's a 53 year old car so you know you start to they don't seem like they're that old but yeah talking they, about you know, yeah cars that could talk I don't know about you, but I love going to junkyards. Yeah. <laughs> and I look at, even if it's a, an old station wagon from 1965, where did this car come from? What's the history on it? How many people owned it? Were, th were there big families? All sorts of things right. run through well, my mind. And you got to think like, you know, that Chevelle, you know, while we've never driven it in the rain or in the snow, was somebody's daily mm -hmm. driver in 1970. And that's what they took to work. Yeah, that's what, exactly. You know, they brought their family to church and on the weekend, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. they got groceries in those cars. All so, right. yeah. So it's your dad and yours car. I'm just going to ask who, who owns the majority of it? Yeah, it's well, it's funny as I've aged and finally got to an age where the insurance wasn't uh, cost prohibitive. It's, <laughs> it's, it's registered and insured in my name now. Nice, <laughs> but, nice. but for a while, I, my parents, I don't think ever told the insurance they had a 17 and 18 year old driving that car. Around. <laughs> <laughs> but the insurance companies don't know that's not a yeah. bad thing sometimes. So, yeah. so did your dad still drive it? Yeah, I, I still keep it at his in his garage. Uh, you know, he he plays around with it. He has fun with it. Him and mom take it to get creamies and you know since i've had the kids it, it's been a car that's been harder for me to get miles on just because you know car seats don't go in it and right right um you know that's all that's actually kind of what led me into my my current project is i can at least throw my my five-year-old's car seat in there mm -hmm. and I've taken him for a few rides yeah. and, and had fun. So ever take it to the state house in Montpelier, Vermont? I never took the the yeah. Chevelle down there. No, nope, <laughs> I didn't. Nope, I'm sure you were real careful with it. Yeah, yeah, that one's never really sat in in parking lots or out out all day. That's yeah. more of a you know we've gone to car shows or go to dinner or go for a cruise. Sure, you know we sure. like to 
the pine cone usually does a nice car show up oh, yeah. in Richford on Thursday nights. And so we, we'd do that a lot. We'd drive up on a Thursday night up there, look at some other beautiful Canadian cars coming right. down and, right. you know, have a burger and head home. You mentioned your dad had a few cars growing up. Was there a favorite of his or yours? Uh, his was always a 66 Chevelle. That's actually what we looked for for the longest time yeah. was to rebuild a 66, but couldn't find any. And then the 70 came available and we said, you know, and, and I love the 70 now. It's my favorite year Chevelle because it's the one I own. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that one, uh, you know, he always loved his Hearst uh, olds, you know, the 442, you know, the Hearst dual gate shifter, all that he oh, always yeah. talked about. Um, so, you know, that would be one I'm sure if he could find, he'd love to have. What are you currently driving? Be so, honest. Yeah, so I uh, uh, most of the time a, a 2022 GMC 2500, but the yeah. other part I just picked up from Sports Car USA, not kind of in the modern category, but on the 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 brink of it's on the cusp, right there. On the cusp, uh, a 1990 Corvette that uh, you guys gave me a pretty good deal on, and I've had a lot of fun with that. I actually just crossed a thousand miles on it today. Nice, nice. Um, you know, we bought it. I I brought it to a, a local garage that does focuses on muscle car and performance cars, and had them do a once over. And I said, here are my plans over the next year, two years. But I want to know, can I just drive it as is this summer? Is there mm-hmm. anything we need to do to to really make sure we're watching and they're like, nah, it's, it's in great shape. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of fun with that. We've already started tinkering with a few things here and there and got a few things on order. So, you know, over the next year, year two, it'll be something fun that'll get added to the collection. And, uh, we've always loved Corvettes. My dad and I, he's never Mm -hmm. owned one. His brother had one and, uh, and this is our first one. So he's enjoyed it. And I, I don't think it'll be the last Corvette in our, in our future, I've enjoyed yeah. that. Well, thank you for buying a car from Sport Car USA. Yeah, no You've been around a little bit. With Sport Car USA has been around a little bit, two, three years now. What's your impression about Sport Car USA? Just uh, an amazing, you know, it's, it's, I always thought as a kid, like you really couldn't, or at least up here, there wasn't a place to go buy, you know, a, a muscle car or a sports car. Yeah. Um, you know, that's why we look to restore the Chevelle as, as we did. And, you know, my dad and I were actually talking about my Corvette ha- had, a sports car USA been around when we got into the Chevelle project. We may not have built a Chevelle. We might have just gone up the road to a dealership. I mean, I'm glad we built the car, but sh- sure is a heck of a lot easier to to, to buy one <laughs> off the off the showroom floor. And you know, they just have beautiful quality cars. I mean, I'm not a Mopar guy, but you look at you know the the Hellcats they have. You look at, I mean, the the Mustangs, the the Corvettes. The you know, it's you know, you walk through that that showroom and you wish you wish all of my years I, I know i couldn't work for sports car like usa like you guys i fall in love with each and every one of them yeah. and i'd probably break it's my heart to sell not, one. it's not easy let me tell you just not easy at all uh, you sold a 2017 uh corvette a few weeks ago a white one with a red interior mm-hmm. and i love that one i was like secretly hoping it wouldn't sell but right, like right. in a few years I could yeah. buy. <laughs> you let your dad drive your corvette yeah he's taking it a bit yeah he's he enjoys it uh, my mom actually even took her for riding it she likes it my five-year-old absolutely loves it um you know and and like i said i've i've been taking on the nice days as a commuter car it runs great it's uh it impresses me it's you know i never was in love with a c4 corvette i never said oh that that's the car i have to have um yeah but this winter i got itching for another project and i i saw that and you know i approached the guys at sports car usa and said you know you know thinking about this as a project car and you know we'd start talking about it and, and got a deal done and so um you know, I got my list. We, you know, we'll, we'll do the upgrade. You know, kind of the, the radio doesn't work that well, but get that rolling so I can make phone calls for work want because I'm on the road so much. And then, uh, 
there'll be an, in, I've talked to a few in, local interior places and, and they're booked out about a year, but starting to get some designs down for that. Nice. Um, you know, we'll do a suspension upgrade. We'll probably do a brake upgrade. And, um, you know, the, from there, cause it is running in such good shape, it'll probably be just, you know, cool air, some headers and, and, you know, some performance exhaust to kind of push that closer to the 300 threshold. And, um, and then kind of be there. The body's in, in great shape. Um, like I said, the interior has a few tears. But for you got to remember this. You know, I was talking to someone this morning. You know, it's got 120,000 miles on it. Like, oh, that seems high mileage. You go, like 3,500 miles a year. Yeah, yeah, that's you, true. You know yeah, what I mean? The, when you're talking. Back it out, yeah. Back it out. That car was fairly babied for mm-hmm. most of its life. You know, now you wouldn't think anything of a car that only drove 3,500 miles. And if you go on with the right perspective, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice car. You know, we bought. One thing I noticed when I first bought it, the headlights are like my Chevelle, they're not great, but now you can buy the LED yeah. remake. So we were th- we threw those in. Um, I just wasn't planning on buying them this early, but caught them on Father's Day sale. Uh, a new set of- <laughs> Give it to your wife. Yeah. Well, it's Father's new, Day, honey. Uh, well, she doesn't know yet. Oh, uh, so. <laughs> Hope she doesn't listen Sorry. to this podcast. So. Um, but, you know, <laughs> a, a pair of- uh, rims that fit that size, but, uh, you know, blacks, yeah. you know, C7 style that'll go against like a red caliper. So it'll be, it'll be a fun little car that, you know, be what it is. And, you know, once we get it done, then I'm sure I'll be poking around for the next one. Yeah. And, we're going to have you on another podcast. To yeah, tell yeah, us yeah, yeah, like everything it, you've done to it. it keeps growing. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm having a blast with it. And, and that's how I think you got to take them. I mean, you don't, you could, what I do outside for a living is running a lot of analysis, making sure things make financial sense here. It's more of a yeah piece of art and what you can do with it. And, you know, I don't ever intend on selling this one. I was born in 1990 and you're, I think that's kind of why I liked it. It was the year I was born, sure. neat little car yeah. price was right to get into it. And then what I was looking about, what I'd want to do to it, you know, all in at a fairly reasonable cost and, you know, have a fun car to play yeah, with. Yeah, you, sh- you certainly do. One of the great things about Sport Car USA is that we are located in northern Vermont. I mean, we're yeah. 15 minutes away from Canada, 10, 15 minutes yeah. away. And we wanted to establish Sport Car USA as a national entity. Yeah. And I think we've done that in little old St. Albans, Vermont. We want everyone who wants a modern muscle car, no matter where you live in the country and beyond, to know that SportCarUSA.com, you're going to find what you're looking for or... We'll no, get, yeah, it's get beautiful it cars. I mean, you know, like I said, it's it's um, it's interesting since I bought it. You know, I've really gotten into the Corvette market much more, watching what's going on. And you know, you guys got an 08 Corvette, the best price in the country of what I've seen for that. You know, mileage, condition, all that. It's like, man, you know, if, if I was made of money and could just buy car after car, you're like, oh, maybe that'd be the next <laughs> one, or this would be one after that. So, no, you guys. Great price. Um, not not trying to help you sell here, but you know when you look around, and then just the quality, the, the sheer number. Um, you know where are you going to go? You know you've got like I said that that one Mopar. You've got you know with less than three hundred miles or four hundred mm-hmm. miles oh, on yeah. it. You know seven hundred and seven yeah. horsepower. That alone just gets you mm-hmm. thinking. You know I love the the classics, but you can't beat that technology and the ride. And yeah, you're the, you're a car enthusiast. You aren't necessarily. A, a, Chevy, a Chevy person or a Ford person yeah. or a Mopar person. But when you see well, these vehicles. And, and, and the more I grow in it, the more I appreciate, like, you know, and I think of, like, the the vet I have now. 17-year-old Corey with his, Corv- or with his Chevelle would have been like, eh, nah, not my thing. Right. You couldn't pay me to take that. And now you're like, you know what? It's not the best, highest performance Corvette. It's not this. But for what it was and in its time, 
you know, that, that Corvette that year is faster than the Ferrari that year production year. You've got, um, you know, the, the technology. I mean, you're sitting in there 1990, so you frame it up. You know, it's got, it's telling you your, your average mileage. It's, you know, a digital speedometer. <laughs> it's, you know, it's got a CD player, which 1990s early for CD players. You look yeah. at, you know, that, that one has a sticker on it. It came out of uh, California. You know, that car for its time was way ahead of the curve. And, oh, yeah. and now we look at it and go, well, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, just think back 33 years ago, that's what we think of the C8 today or or anything on the road. You know, that was uh, the car. And so, um, you know, it's really neat. And, I mean, the handling on it, you know, for, again, the age. I mean, I I take it around them sharp, you know, clover turns there on the interstate exit at a pretty quick pace. That's one of my favorite because you can't hit top end in a lot of places <laughs> legally. So legally. I found uh, I, I like to hit corners pretty quickly and see how a car handles. And, yeah. and that one just sticks right to the road. So it's, yeah. and I haven't even upgraded it yet. And I'm just like, wow, you know, yeah. that's it's all there. You know, so when you think of the era, you know, you think of my Chevelle 1970 when they put out 450 horsepower, you know, without, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't have fuel injection. They didn't have, you know, all the stuff that they have today. And you're like, wow, that was just, pure muscle and yeah you know and and that's you know they didn't supercharge them they just built them that way and um you know it's amazing for those eras so i think if you appreciate the era the car was built in um compared to today how far ahead it was like you can find something to love just about any car yeah there's no question about that and you're right when you're growing up you look at the cars you mentioned a couple already they don't mean anything to you So then you get to be your age, my age, which I'm a lot older than you, but you see like maybe a tape of something 20, 30, 40 years ago. And it's like, wow, I'd love to have that car right there. Yeah. And you go to car shows and I get excited when I see a a Pinto or a Vega or something crazy, a, a Falcon. That yeah, I would never I, want to buy, but they're there and they look brand new because they've been restored. Yeah, I mean, I think of that like the, the '80s Trans Ams. That would have oh, been yeah. nothing. I would I would have been like turned my nose up and like ugh, you know. But now I look yeah. at them and I go, wow, it's beautiful for what it is in its yeah. era. You look at, you know, just a ton of different things, and you know, you're like, wow, you know, that was actually yeah. a, a nice looking car. And, yeah. and looking back, and and like I said, you know, just just the eras change, and so. Um, you know, I, I think if you just look at it through that lens, you can find so much to love about them. And, you know, and the new cars have, have their own piece and, um, you know, just the comfort, you know, that's the biggest thing I find. Like, you know, the Chevelle, if you put 200, if you go 200 miles in a Chevelle in a day, you feel it. Yeah. Um, my Corvette's a little bit better, but I bet, you know, you get in a new C8 Corvette and you go up to Maine and back, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a different feel. And yeah. I think that's really what's progressed over time, just the technology and, you know, the comfort um, that a lot of these cars have. We won't even talk about EVs, not on no. this podcast. We don't, we don't need those right now. Uh, we love the modern muscle cars. We love muscle cars in general. And, Corey, I think that you should drive my 2020 C8, and I should drive your Corvette yeah. just for an hour or two. Yeah. Yeah, See how we, they go. Yeah. <laughs> we can compare, right? Yeah, I get a better deal on that one. There, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I can't wait to see uh, your modifications on your Corvette. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank you, Corey Parent, for coming in today. Corey from St. Albans and a former state senator. It's been a real pleasure having you. Love the stories about you and your pops. And I think there's going to be a few more cars in your future. I can just yeah, tell. I, I think so. And my son really likes them. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, my daughter, as she grows, maybe she'll fall in love with them like he seems to be. And, 
maybe it'll become just a, a long-term family affair. All right. I love it. I love it. I want to thank everybody for listening to our podcast, the Test Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Bodette. Check out our Test Drive series on YouTube, and we'll see you next time on our Test Drive Podcast. And remember, let's never forget the men and women serving this great country of ours. Goodbye, everybody.